full of sauce. You want my time, but it costs. I'm in the loft. Watch how you speak to a boss. What made you think you could floss? Don't be depressing. Preaching, I feel like a reverend. Hold up, I got me a question. Are you an asset to an investment or a distraction? What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another episode of the One Other Percent Podcast. I'm your host, Miles G. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, man, we have a lot going on this week. So, Jeff Bezos is saying that he's going to fly in his spaceship to the moon in his company, Blue Origin. Um, his brother will be on the plane as well. So, we got some more big news with crypto. Um, I know you guys remember last month, the Colonial Pipeline got hacked. It was shut down, um, causing gas prices to go up. A lot of people panicked. Then they ran to the gas station, filling, filling up. And that company, Colonial Pipeline, ended up paying the hackers. But today, the FBI, along with the DOJ, seize that money back. So the big story, Bitcoin is traceable. Now, we all knew that Bitcoin, if you listen to the cryptocurrency uh, episode, that they go on public ledgers. So you can see every transaction of Bitcoin. But the thing is, what the hackers did wrong, they got the money, but they didn't get it out in time. They didn't put it. It was so many things they could have did. The hard part was getting the money and they got the money and they ended up losing it again. So, like I said, every Bitcoin transaction is traceable. Um, they were recorded on a public ledger. So when the hackers got their Bitcoins, the FBI were able to follow the money through at least two dozen different Bitcoin addresses before finding the last address with most of the money and taking it back. The FBI was able to obtain a private key along with a password. They're not letting anyone know at this time why they were able to get the or how they were able to get the private key. But um, this is interesting. Like I said, uh, Bitcoin is down 10%. Uh, it can definitely impact it for, for long term. So also, I want to thank everybody for bearing with me on some of the sound quality on some of the interviews. Um, I know some of those were difficult to hear. Um, shout out to Travis, we'll redo his episode. Um, yeah, so I got a few more interviews I got to put out, but, um, the sound quality will definitely get a lot better. Again, thank you guys for bearing with me, working out those kinks. I uh, got some of my team putting together some things. So, um, um, also I'm putting together an ebook that I will have out soon. Um, it'll be for free to all the listeners. Uh, so you guys can check that out. This everything that we talked about from stocks. Uh, we'll delve a little deeper so you guys have an understanding and something visual so you can see. Also, I do have videos coming out. Um, we'll start doing that in a few months. And so every um, podcast that I record will be on YouTube. But for today's episode, we're going to talk about stock options. Um, I see in the, in the news, there's a lot going on and on social media. When a stock takes off, as CNBC likes to call it, the mean stocks, the AMCs, the game stocks, um, people think that you just need to own the actual stock to benefit off of that. Now, that, that could be possible. You can benefit off of that if you're buying, say, 10,000 shares of AMC when it's at $12, then you're you're going to greatly benefit. You're not going to benefit if you have uh, a couple shares, 10 shares, 20 shares. I mean, that's money, but that's not what the main story comes from. They're talking about people that own options, stock options, right? Now, anybody can do options. Um, if you have any of the investment accounts from Stash to Robinhood to Ally to uh, Ameritrade, all those are able to do it, but you have to fill out a form to be able to trade stock options. So we're going to talk about all everything about stock options. I'm going to try to break it down as simple as possible, but to be able to trade options on those platforms, you have to basically request that you want to trade options and you have to put basically, actually it's a little short questionnaire, probably like four or five questions and you have to basically tell the broker on that platform that you're a high risk trader. Your risk tolerance is high because options are speculative. They're very volatile. So you need to let them know 
that they have to have something in writing saying that you confirm that your risk tolerance is high. So after you do that, usually some platforms are quicker than others. It takes sometimes less than 24 hours. You'll be approved and you'll be able to trade stock options. So going on to stock options, I mean, I'll just start from the beginning. So with GameStop and AMC, a stock option contract is worth 100 shares. Again, that's 100 shares. That's what makes it so powerful. So one stock option contract is 100 shares. Say if we're going to buy a call option on a stock, we can say AMC. When you buy a call, you want the price of that stock to go up, right? You have something that is called a strike price, right? A strike price is you have a certain price that the stock is already at and you want that stock to go above that price. Now, again, buying a car, you want it to go above that strike price. That's how you make your money. There are a lot of ways to make money with a car option, but I'm just going to talk about the basic ways. So the first one is in the money option. Basically, it's how it sounds. The price of the stock is higher than the strike price you chose. So say, for example, AMC um, was a couple weeks ago. It was at $12, the actual stock. Now, the strike price we could have chose is $14, $15, etc. If it goes over that price, say we shows a strike price of $14, it's at $15, we're in the money option. Now, out of the money option is the price of the stock is lower than the strike price you choose. So we chose $14, it's at $12.50, not there. But with a call option, the closer that it gets to your strike price, you're starting to make money. You'll be able to see in any app like the percentages and, and, and dollar amounts as you start to get closer. Now, at the money option... The price of the stock is equal to the strike price. So we chose 14. It's equally right there. And you'll be able to make money. Now, the thing you have to notice with call options is, or buying options, period, that they change with volatility, right? So when I was looking at AMC two weeks ago, um, I think that it was the call option. I think it cost like 384 And then my budget at that time for spending on options, because it's very risky, was 250 So I bought an Uber option, which I'm kicking myself for right now. But an Uber isn't doing too bad. I've been up $20 and it money moves so fast. But when you want to buy something, if it's not in high demand at that time, the, the option won't be, it won't be so, the, the premium you pay for it won't be so expensive. So with AMC, it's, it's high in high demand right now. The stock is moving. So the implied volatility is a lot higher. So anything with supply and demand, it's a lot of demand for it. Price is going to be higher. So you're going to pay a higher premium for that. What makes call options so powerful is, let me use the example and for AMC. I buy AMC option, call option at $12. That's, that's the actual stock. It'll be, it'll be a lot higher to pay for that. So you're paying for the premium to hold that for a certain time. And then the price changes or depends on the expiration date. So say we buy AMC. Um, it was at $12. We have a strike price at $14. How long are we going to hold that for? That's called the expiration. So the longer the expiration date, it's a better chance that you have of that stock going over that strike price and you making your money. But the longer you push out the expiration date, the higher that, that, that option is going to cost. Now, it can also be cheap if you shorten it out. But the chances are you hitting that um, strike price before the expiration, expiration date are slim to none sometimes. So you, you got to look at stuff like that. And the higher strike price you choose, the lower the premium you'll pay. Um, and the lower strike price you choose that's closer to the actual stock, the higher it'll be. So you got you got to look at things like that. Now, for a put option. Now, basically, you're saying that that stock, we can go stick with AMC. That stock, you buy a put on it, you think it's going to go down in price. So you uh, basically buy a put option. 
you would put your strike price lower than the actual price it is. So when GameStop was going crazy, it was at 400 and something, a lot of investors, they put puts on it, uh, saying that it was going to go down to 200, 100, or whatever. Now, again, the further you, ch- you choose your strike price out, the higher that premium is going to be, the higher you're going to pay for that put option. The longer the expiration date for a put option, same thing. So again, calls, you want it to go over over your strike price. Puts, you want it to go below your strike price. You think it's going to go down. So same thing, um, as we talked about with calls, in the money put option, the price of the stock is less than the strike price you chose. Out of the money option, the price of the stock is greater than the strike price you chose. So it didn't go below it. And then at the money, same thing. The price of the stock is equal to the strike price. So a lot of savvy investors, quote unquote, you can say, um, they'll buy call options on a stock that they like and buy puts on it as well and even own the stock. That's how you hedge your bet. So they're winning regardless. Um, they own the stock. So if the stock moves a little or not, then you know what I'm saying? They still own it. Um, if it goes above the strike price that they chose, they're making money. And if it goes below, they still make money. Uh, a lot of investors do that. Mark Cuban talks about that a lot. And that, that's, like I said, that's just the best way to hedge your bet. Um, and if you have enough money to do that, uh, by all means, do it. But what makes these option contracts so powerful, and I'll go back to call options. That's what I use a lot. And I'll, I'll start showing you guys my numbers as um, in real time as I, um, as I make money on options. But that one contract is worth 100 shares. Now, I'll go back to AMC. You got AMC at $12, the stock price, and you have a strike price at, say, 15 it goes over there, say it's at the price it's at now at 50 something, correct? So you made money off of that because it's over your strike price and it's so high. What makes that contract so valuable and, and if it hasn't expired is you're able to sell that contract, which is 100 shares, or you can, you have the right to buy it yourself, which that means at 12 shares, at, at $12, excuse me, at $12, that you can buy 100, 100 shares of AMC at $12. Right, which is twelve hundred dollars. Now, if that price is at fifty dollars, you've made thirty-eight dollars off of that. And so now the price of that stock is worth thirty-eight hundred. So that that's why it makes it so powerful. So you're able to buy it if you want yourself at twelve hundred dollars for a hundred shares, and you still obtain that price of, of the stock price at fifty. Now, again, what makes it valuable is if you don't have that money to buy all that. You can sell to somebody else, and somebody else will buy that. But they will buy it at the price that that you're that you're winning at. So their premium will be a lot higher, which will be equal to thirty eight hundred or approximately around that that amount, depending on fees and stuff. And that's how you are able to benefit off of that. That's why a lot of people when they were doing the whole GameStop thing, they were benefiting. If you got in super early at GameStop with a call option, and it's at four hundred or something. Uh, man, that's, that's that's amazing. Their premium that they're gonna pay on that that when they sell it to a buyer is gonna be outrageous because the stock price was uh, under twenty dollars for GameStop and now it's at four hundred and something. So that's how a lot of people were able to make a lot of money off of that. So this is, always remember that one contract is worth a hundred shares. You can buy more than one contract, and like I said, the higher it goes for a call option, you have that power. You don't again, you don't own the actual option. This is giving you the right to sell or buy it yourself. Um, for a specific time period, depending on what time that you keep that option into. Now, a good thing that I look at all the time is I go on E-Trade and basically I'm able to play with the numbers on, um, or any stock option I want, I want to get. So if I'm looking at, for example, Uber, 
I'll play with the numbers. I put it put it at this strike price. Um, always you have to put it in a market. You don't have to put it in a market order. I put it as a market order. Um, that's able to goes out on the market. Um, immediately you play with the strike prices. You see how much this is. Um, uh, change the, the the expiration date. Like I said, the longer the expiration date, that's a, a better chance of you have of hitting something, of actually hitting that call option or that put if you think it's going to go down. Like I said, I don't do puts a lot, but call options, if you put that expiration date out further, it gives you just more time because there's so much that happens with the market with volatility, stuff like that. Even if you think the, the, the price of the stock is going to go up during an earnings time, it'll go up, but that call option won't move because implied volatility. So it's a lot of things you have to look at when you're doing that. So you want to try to give yourself time, maybe three months, couple months. And as you get closer to that expiration date, you want to get out soon. So you don't want to be in the expiration date. Say if your expiration date is um, next week, you don't want to be in it the week before. You probably want to get out the month before that. Because like I said, you have to, and we'll talk about the um, the Greeks. The Greeks are huge when it comes to this. Um, and I'll try to keep it simple again. But it's something called theta, which is time decay. So as you get close to that expiration date, your money is, is going down day by day by day. So you want to try to sell before then, or if you want to buy, buy, buy it before then. You can make a lot of money off of, off of stock options, right? But again, they're risky, right? And a lot of people, even myself, I always try to hit the home run. Uh, I never forget, it was uh, about a year ago, I was up on Disney, about $600 um, on the stock option, the car option. I was trying to go for 2000 I was like, man, I, I did it. Uh, I did this in uh, a couple weeks. I can go to the moon now. No, I ended up losing that, right? Because I let it, it, it ended up running out. Again, time decay as they get closer to the expiration date. And I had the call option for, I think, like three or four months. And like I said, I hit, I hit that 600 mark that fast. And I thought it was going to keep going. No. And I should have just cashed out then. Hindsight is twenty twenty, But understanding that lesson taught me a lot is you don't have to always hit the home run. If you make 10% off of your money off a call option, where are you getting that 10% rate of return anywhere else out on the market? If you make 20, 30, that quick. Even 5%, you know what I'm saying? Something you can make 5% in a day or two. Where are you getting those returns at? So cash out on that, reinvest it. And that's really hard for people because you see that money move fast. And it's even hard for me. Um, now I'm getting a lot better because I'm just like, I, I've been through this. I don't want to go through that again. And you get out. So always have a goal in mind. If you, like I said, if you make a certain amount, a percentage of that, go ahead and get out. Now, if you're in, in um, going on, if, if something going on, like with the mean stocks, like as we see now, if you see something like that happening, then I mean, go ahead and stay in it as long as you can. But I mean, again, you don't want to get caught holding the bag. You get caught holding the bag, that option expires out of your money. So always be looking at that. Look at your expiration date. Like some people try to get expiration dates like a week or two weeks. Nine times out of 10, it's, it's, those are going to be hard, you know, for those to hit. And um, depending on what's going on with the apply volatility, you might not be able to cash in on that. So again, try to get those expiration dates out further. Before I talk about the Greeks, um, I'm going to talk to you guys about the option chain. So you know what you guys are looking at. The option chain is basically what you'll see. Um, if you're looking in any of those platforms, you'll see basically um, if you're trying to get an option, it starts with the strike price. You'll see the symbol. It'll say last, the last price it was, the change, the bid, um, the ask, volume, and open interest. So strike, strike price is what I said, but you're going to choose. The symbol is the ticker symbol for uh, any uh, stock that you're using. So last will be is the most recent price that the stock was or that it traded. 
Um, the chain shows how much the last trade varied from the previous day closing. The bid and the ask shows buyers and sellers who are willing to trade right now at certain price. The bid and the ask price should be relatively close. If they're far apart, it's a very risky option. So you'll see, um, like I said, the option chain, when you're um, looking at certain things, those need to be close. If they're like spread out, like outrageously apart, that is a high risk option. You probably don't want to do that. Now, I talked about the premium that you will pay for an option, depending on the demand of that option. Like I said, if something is going on, a lot of stuff is going on in the market, like a GameStop or AMC was going on, it's going to be high to get that because the implied volatility is that stock option is, is, is volatile, that it's going to run either which, some way. So it's going to be, it's going to cost you a lot to get that, to make money. It costs money to make money unless you catch these early and you're in them and then you just happen to catch the wave while you've been in this uh, stock option for maybe a couple months. So the premium is the price you would pay for an option contract. I always say, remember, one option contract represents 100 shares. To calculate how much you would pay for an option contract, multiply the ask price by 100. The higher the probability the option will be profitable, the higher the premium. If there's a lower probability the option will be profitable, the lower the premium. So they all go hand in hand. Like I said, it, it, it's a good way to make money off of this, but it's highly speculative. So when you're entering the exit positions, um, when you buy a call option, you want to enter to buy open at the market price. When you exit, you sell to close at the market price. Um, when you buy a put option, you enter to sell to enter, you sell to open at the market price, exit, buy to close at the market price. Um, a lot of platforms already have these. Set up for you, I believe Robinhood does. Um, all you have to do is basically click a couple buttons and it'll do it. Other platforms like Ally or uh, Meritrade, you have to put in there that you want to enter to buy to open or exit, sell to close if you're doing an option. So just be uh, mindful of those because you don't want to do the wrong thing and mess up some things. Now, to talk about the Greeks, um, as I kept mentioning before, the Greeks, basically they're indicators for stock options that investors use, uh, professionals use. It's what it helps people go off of um, these numbers. And um, a lot of platforms, they already have them calculated for you. I know Robinhood does, um, a few others. And they're rather simple to calculate. You can do them in Excel as well. But again, a lot of platforms already have them set up and ready for you. So you don't have to do too much work. Just look at them, know what they do, and know your risks. Um, so I'll start with Delta. Delta is the rate of change um, between an option price and a dollar change in the stock price. So for example, if you bought a call option and the Delta is 0.75, if the stock increases by $1, the option increases by 75 cents. So vice versa, if it decreases by $1, it decreases by 75 cents. And you always multiply that by a hundred. You can see how Delta changes. That can change the price drastically. Um, if it's going up a lot or it's going down a lot. Also, people use Delta as, um, basically it's the market's expectation of an option contract expiring in the money. So another way to look at it, if you have a Delta at 0 0.40, it's, it's a 40% chance that it will expire in the money. Um, every day that rate of change, but those are, those are little things to look at. Um, and the range for a call option for Delta will always be from zero to one. For a put, it'll be zero to negative one because it's going down. Um, next is gamma. Gamma represents the rate of change of an options Delta and the stock price. So basically, Gamma is basically showing the change of Delta. So Gamma shows the amount of Delta would change given a $1 move in a stock price. So for example, Gamma is 0.10 and Delta is 170. If a stock increases 
or decreases, delta would increase by 0.10 or decrease by 0.10. Gamma is the highest when options are at the money and close to expiration. So a good way to think about that is you want to know your gamma because it directly impacts your delta. So it can either add delta going up or it can take away from delta depending on how that stock is moving. And what makes that important is that's going to change a lot of things. It's going to change your price of that option. So, I mean, you're the holder of it. It's going to be good if it keeps increasing. You know, all right, delta's going to change this much um, along with gamma. I'm going to add this to it because as, as it goes up. I'll be good or vice versa. I'm not going to be good. It's going to, it's going down. It's going to, again, it's going to change my delta by this much. So not to get too complicated into it, but those are little things to look at. And again, you don't have to calculate these. They're in a lot of platforms already, already, uh, calculated for you, um, on a daily. Next one is really the most important one. I think is theta that I mentioned earlier. It's the rate of time decay of options. It's the amount and options price will decrease as time expiration decreases. So the closer it gets to the expiration date, like I said, um, it's going to start to decrease. So if theta is 0.25, the option price will decrease by 25%, 25 cents each day. So if theta is 0.25, the options price will decrease by 25 cents every day. So if you have longer options and their expiration date is further out, then the lower theta is going to be. The shorter the options expiration date, the higher theta will be. So long calls and long puts, you have a negative theta, short calls, short puts, you have a positive theta. Um, the time decay is one of the best and most important tools to look at because you want to know how as each day passes, how much, um, it, how much is decreasing by, how much is your option contract decreasing by. That's really important because it's taken away from your money. Again, time decay. Another Greek is Vega. Basically, Vega is the rate if changed between an option's value and the stock's implied volatility. Uh, so breaking that down, so as Vega is 0.10, the option's value is expected to change by 10 cents if the implied volatility changes by 1%. So again, that implied volatility is going to go off of supply and demand. If you have a stock that is in, in a lot of demand, high demand right now, then as that implied volatility changes and you have a vega of a 0.10 for each 1%, it's going to go up 10 cents. So again, these are things that you need to look at if you're going to really put some serious money into stock options. Um, again, they're highly volatile. Nobody knows the ways, which ways it's going to go or if it's going to be profitable. A lot of people lose money off of it. I've lost money off of it. And that's a lot of ways to make money. It's not as easy as people make it seem. Um, I remember when I first got my Disney options, I got a lot of Disney options. You guys know if you listen to the podcast, I love Disney stock, but I remember when Mulan was dropping, I was like, oh man, they about to kill it. You know, you can only get Mulan on Disney Plus. You have to buy the premium access. They have a lot of subscribers. Boom, let me get this for two months or however many months. Um, I know Mulan drops right here. And now my option did go up a little bit, but it didn't go as much as I thought it would. You know, I thought it would. Mulan didn't do so great. Um, so again, you, it's, it's really hard to predict. And I would say the best way you understand these, these Greeks a little bit and you're really making an educated guess you're going with your gut. Um, again, nobody's going to be a hundred percent right. Um, even the professionals aren't, but you're going off of what you feel if the company's going to be good during this quarter or this year. And is the stock price going to rise or is it going to go down depending if you're buying a put? That's a lot of things to think about. And, and like I said, it is complicated, but. The longer you do it, you'll get better with it. And when I say get better, you know when to get out. Now, let's touch on the GameStop thing one more time. 
And there'll, there'll be more instances like that for sure. And I, I can't wait. Um, I played in the GameStop a little bit. Um, I got an XRT, which is an ETF that has GameStop. And um, I bought a call option on that because I knew XRT was going to go up because they own GameStop in their portfolio. And as GameStop kept rising, so did that um, ETF. So you have to look at ways to play it smart. So if you have, a, even if you have a, a stock that you that we'll see probably, we'll see another one this year. That's going out of control, right? It's going to be hard to get into that call option because or it's not going to be hard. The prices, the premium is going to be high. Like I said before, because the demand is high, the implied volatility is high. It can go up a lot. It can go down a lot. So to get in this, you have to put some bread now. So another way to go through the back door is, all right, bet AMC is this much. Let me um, let me go to the uh, ETF database. Let me see what who owns that. And let me buy a call option on that ETF because I know if it keeps going up, Boom, it's going to take this ETF with it too. So that's a way to get some of that money. For the whole GameStop thing, now, and I told you guys, you can, um, on the last episode, you can look on yahoo.com slash finance. They were heavily on the short side and they, people were able to see that because you go to Yahoo Finance and it's flows to share. Their flows to share was, flows percentage share was something outrageous, was high. So, and again, it took a whole, uh, group of people to, to push your stock up and stuff like that and to buy options. You have to keep, keep, keep buying, but that's a way you can look and to see how, what companies or what people are, are on what side. If they have a lot of shares afloat or, or the, or, or the percentage, which you can look in Yahoo Finance, as I said in the last episode, um, you'll be able to see what's going on. So, and you can see how many people are buying car options all from, uh, Yahoo Finance. So, Again, that applied volatility is a is a big um factor when you're wanting to know how much you're gonna pay for a premium and 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 if a stock is gonna move or not. Yeah, that's a breakdown about uh options. Um, like I said, you guys got any questions, please feel free to reach out to me um on our Instagram at one hundred percent. Um please leave us uh reviews, anything that you guys like or didn't like. Always improving. Don't be afraid to take risk. If it's a company you believe in. And the best way to, to get out there is just to learn. Um, you have to make mistakes and you have to try things. And sometimes you'll hit and sometimes you won't. But there are good learning lessons. It is fun. Um, I used to gamble a lot on sports. So I have stopped that and moved my gambling to stock options. But I have a set budget that I'll do. And I have a certain price. Once I see a percentage, I'm going to get out. So again, with everything, goes back to your risk tolerance. No what you're doing it for, know when you want to get out, know what you're trying to achieve, and you'll be fine. But uh, other than that, good luck with everything, guys, and we'll see you next week. You was wasting time with no leverage. I was taking time with my debit. I was taking time with my message. Now I'm reaping all of the credit. I'm watching Malcolm and Eddie. I'm going to need some confetti. Yes, I'm a champ. All of these rings feeling heavy. Rock on my head, you can't.